Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. This is Peyton Jones, and I'm without Pete, mainly because I'm recording this before we both go on vacation. So uh, we just want to wish you guys a happy holidays, and we didn't want to leave you high and dry while we're gone. But uh, what I've got for the two weeks that Pete will be off and I'll be in Europe is I've got some sermons. Well, I, I have a sermon one week, and then I thought I'd try something a little bit different, and that is to put on the uh, the interview that I did with my sending pastor, a guy named Bill Welsh, who is an incredible dude, um, amazing um, pastor. He's my pastor. I'm honored to have served with him. Wish I had learned more when I did, but uh, he sent me out and he brought me back. And uh, I'll actually be planting another church coming up in future that we consider a part of the Refuge family. So um, you can stay tuned more about that in the coming months where I'll be talking about it. For now, I'm just going to be meeting in my living room with some other people, praying, seeking the Lord, uh, falling in love with Jesus, nothing too complicated, and we'll be going uh, pretty much on from there. But uh, I want you to hear uh, who I consider one of my mentors, one of my favorite people on the planet, definitely one of the ministers I respect, uh, more than just about anyone else. Um, what I love even more about him is uh, he's humble and he will literally, um, uh, if I say this stuff in his presence, <laughs> he gets embarrassed. He's just, he's a cut above. He's, he's a humble dude. He's a humble man that walks with God and he has a heart for mission. Everything that I am, um, I attribute to the Lord, uh, to him and to my wife. Those three people have influenced me for mission 
more than anyone else. So anyways, I want to share him with you. My wife happens to be on this interview. Um, it was recorded in uh, 2011. Uh, I'm not sure what point. Um, I'm guessing around March. I came back for a funeral, and I think I was on um, basically to uh, to uh, uh, I was back for a funeral. I think, if if memory serves me correctly. And um, anyways, with that, let me just real quickly give a word uh, to our sponsor. Have you ever? had to prep a sermon and you just looked at your bookshelf and you didn't have enough of what you needed. Well, you don't have to do that. Go to Logos.com. Logos Bible Software has everything that you need at pretty much at your fingertips because you're literally typing stuff in and with the click of a mouse button, you can open the entire CH Spurgeon library. You can look up original languages, word studies. I mean, this thing is like the Lollapalooza of church planning information. You can have a little mini concert in your sermon prep right there. All the greats kind of gathered around and picking their brains and putting them into your sermon. And you want to check out logosbiblesoftware.com. They'll actually make you look smarter than you actually are. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to our number one sponsor. They've been with us for years. I know them personally. Uh, the founder is Josh Henry. He is an ex-church planner. If you wonder why we have so much fun with SimplifyChurch.com's uh, ads, it's simply because we love these guys. We believe in them. I have used them. Gosh, as a church planner, I found them and have been using them for donkey's years. And if you don't know, that means a really long time. So head on over to SimplifyChurch.com. They're going to help you do all the stuff that you need to do, but nobody taught you to do in seminary. Things like bookkeeping, uh, payroll, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the IRS, making sure you're compliant, sending end of year uh, donor receipts. If you haven't done that yet, tis the season. Uh, you have until the end of January to get those out to your people. So make sure you head on over to SimplifyChurch.com and let them simplify your church. Well, I'm here in our uh, quote-unquote studio, just a corner of our sanctuary, with Peyton and Andrea Jones. Welcome, you guys. I should say welcome back. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Now, I've wanted to say welcome home, but I know that uh, this probably doesn't quite feel like home to you yet back here in Southern California, does it? Not quite. we got a yeah. bit of culture shock right now. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where you've been for the last 11 years, 11 plus years. Well, we've been enjoying the Welsh Hills, and uh, we've been in Port Talbot for three years, and we were off in West Wales and Lampeter for another three and a half years, and the last five wonderful years we spent in Swansea uh, mm. establishing the church there, Pillar Community Church. Now, now tell everybody, because I'm sure there's some that don't realize where Wales is. It a, is it a separate country? Do they uh, do they dress weird? Do they what? Anyway, tell everybody where Wales is. Well, most people know that Ireland and Scotland are the homes of the Celts, but uh, the Welsh are actually the oldest Celts. And geographically, if you went straight 
west from London, you would eventually hit a peninsula called Wales. And if you kept going from there, you'd swim over across the Irish Sea and you'd hit Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And um, you've been in, in Wales for 11 and a half years. Mm. Yeah. And uh, as Andrew just sort of walked us through the, the stepping stones of where you where you were and uh, where you landed for the last uh, five years, why don't you walk us through a little bit of what that journey's been like for you guys? By the way, um, uh, most people probably don't know that you were a part of Calvary Chapel of Huntington Beach, which is now mm-hmm. called Refuge, long before mm-hmm. I got here. Peyton, you were the interim pastor preacher with a heart for Wales, obviously, mm-hmm. and and um, you you guys were here maybe t- a li- little over two years after Joy and I and our yeah. family got here, and yeah. then we had to release you off to uh, a call on your life. But well, wa- walk us through a little bit of what that uh, journey's been like. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it, it's been amazing. I mean, I I think most of the time when you go to the mission field, you you come back feeling like God more worked on you than than probably anywhere That's that He true. sent you. And um, I think for us, it, it's been a, a process where we're definitely not the same uh, two people. And now we've got a, a third addition to our family, Liberty Grace, <laughs> and uh, we're we're just not the same uh, two missionaries that left and came back. But to to just encapsulate it quickly, basically what we did was uh, we headed off with our idea of what God was going to do through us. And he surprised us at every turn. We ended up in Port Talbot, where Anthony Hopkins is from, uh, Richard Burton. Uh, it's an industrial uh, steel workers town. Um, I had no knowledge of what it was going to be like. I got beat up, uh, put in a hospital. <laughs> literally, uh, yeah. Literally beat up um, with, a, with a major concussion by a rugby player um, on a Sunday morning yeah. on my way into church. It's a very rough place. And... Um, you know, we just found that God took us there. I, I became the evangelist, Andrew and I did team evangelism, and um, then nine eleven hit. What was the team evangelism like? What did you do? We went out. Um, they are very into drinking, the Celts, and uh, that's one of the things they're known for, drinking and fighting. And um, so, obviously, our, our first thing was to hit the streets with them and one of the things we did was grab a video camera and go out and do what we called a pub and nightclub outreach on the streets Uh. on friday saturday night now the church we were working with was appalled they couldn't believe that we would go and do that because they're afraid for our lives not not because they thought it was wrong but that was down in port talbot that was down in port talbot Mm. so they actually sent two of the biggest guys to come with us to protect us (laughs) where were they when you met your rugby player huh yeah exactly actually two of them came running up but it was actually an old lady that stopped them from beating me uh probably into the grave but when one sunday morning we announced hey we've been doing all this stuff that everybody's been doing door-to-door evangel all the stuff that the welsh do the open-air preaching and we just realized that all the people were down getting drunk on friday saturday nights yeah and we want to go straight into the into the belly of the beast so we uh started telling the church and a guy who was a martial artist two black belts came up big guys both of them and said you can't do that you you'll get killed out there and so what happened was they um came out with us well what we didn't know is these guys had never shared the gospel in their lives they came up for bodyguard protection and ended up themselves having god work on their heart so that when 9-11 hit my support dropped in half I had to go work in the Sony factory, and one of these guys was my coworker, and we just started tag teaming people uh, coming to the Lord, oh, and thank God. that was one of the ways I think that God really started working on me in the factory, the contact in the, in the Sony factory, factory yeah. 
and uh, and God just started showing me. I can remember one day sitting on the on the line making TVs, and I was angry at God because I I thought, Lord, I'm over here. I've given my whole life, and I'm making TVs on twelve hour shifts. And God mm-hmm. just was showing me this is where you need to be amongst the people, yeah. and that's where people started wow. getting saved. Wow. And, and Andrea, was there ever a time when you know during those, especially those those early years over there, where you thought, What am I? What are we doing here? Did you, did you ever get homesick for back home? Or I know you really had a heart for Thailand for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I think, I think you, if you have a heart for missions, you often think of a certain kind of missions. Right. And that is, you know, I thought I was going to be living in a, a grass hut, being chased by natives and, and that kind of thing. But instead, God had me in a beautiful, nice little house in a cold climate and dealing with Welsh politics. <laughs> and, and I think mostly church politics. And I think, um, it was actually a real blessing, though. It was a real eye-opener for me to just realize that no matter where you are, um, there's people in need of the gospel mm-hmm. and need of Christ. And you right. may think, oh, their lives are all together. They're fine. You know, they, they've heard it before. And yet, perhaps they actually haven't seen the love of God yeah. really play out in their lives. They haven't seen someone really show them the gospel. And that was one thing we would see on the nightclub, pub and nightclub outreaches is a lot of these people, we can judge them for going out, getting drunk, going into the pubs, doing their drugs. And yet when you sit down and talk to them, they just want to talk with someone. They just want to Mm. know. They want community. They want community and they... They aren't as far as we often think. You know, I, I've yeah, started change calling people non-believers to calling a lot of people seekers. But we yeah. just don't know how much yeah. they're seeking because we don't get to get into their heart. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. So, so you, you go from Port Talbot to uh, a church up in the center of, of Wales in Lampeter. And I know there was some fruit there. Mm. But how would you, in, just in a, in a nutshell, kind of uh, review your time there? I think it was amazing. I learned that God could do things I didn't think he could. I just saw things that the Holy Spirit did, ways he saved people, uh, that I didn't know God did that stuff. And suddenly, um, a lot of the rubber started hitting the road where, uh, the church traditions, um, got challenged. And that, that's been Satan's stronghold on most of the UK has been the mm-hmm. traditionalism. And, um, oh, the same it, thing here. I mean, we mm-hmm. get so locked into, a method of doing something which isn't necessarily you know outlined in scripture but it's just the way we've grown to do it culturally and we, we get so rigid as far mm-hmm. as allowing that to be changed to reach a new yeah. generation is that what you guys experienced there yeah and i think you know at the end of the day it resulted with Andrew and i kind of withdrawing and um brokenhearted really and um we just moved mm-hmm. on uh to a place that was closer to a Starbucks and thought <laughs> we, the necessities of life <laughs> we we told we told God God we're done uh we obviously this was a bad move and um what ended up happening was I started working in a Starbucks and I think what Lampeter did for me is it made me impatient it just made me impatient I I I kind of said if I ever go back into ministry again I will go in uh, and I will just do what God tells me to do, and I'll run with it, and regardless of the consequences. Wow. And so that was Swansea. That was that Swansea. That was moved to Swansea. Yeah. And that was how long ago? Five and a half years ago. Five and ago. a half years, yeah. Okay, so you're working in a Starbucks, 
And Andrea, what are you doing? At that time, I was working in a clothes store yeah. and also teaching in the one of two Christian schools at All the right. time. And, and going to school too? Were both of you guys yeah. enrolled again in, in classes? We're both mm. working on our MAs at the and time. Working on your master's. Did you, did yeah. you finish them? Yes. Yeah. Wow, you came yeah. back master's. You left your kids, you came back master's. <laughs> and uh, so something happened while you're working in that Starbucks. Yeah. It, I mean, the it, preacher... In you, which uh, yeah. by, by the way, I loved your uh, your email address for years. How, how do you say the word? It was uh, Pregethur. Pregethur, which is Welsh. It's for... the, it's the uh, <laughs> Celtic word for preacher. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, so the preacher in you is stirred, and, uh, and and the evangelist in in both of you is all stirred up. And so, what happened there? Well, you know, we were um, Andrea and I. Whatever we've done, it's always been a team ministry. Andrea had been in um, a cafe in Lampeter, and God had really used her to just kind of be the the shop window for people mm. that were turned off from religion. But this time, God put me in a cafe, and I'm working in Starbucks. And I remember one day looking around in a bookstore. Was that the one in the bookstore? It was in a Borders Books, and it was massive. I mean, it was as big as the Barnes & Noble in in Huntington Beach. And the whole upper story was a Starbucks. It was the biggest Starbucks in the UK at that time. And God just had me working there. And one day, I just looked around. Andrew and I had been talking and praying. And we just thought, you know what? This is the kind of thing that people would love in church. Good cup of coffee in their hands, good conversation. And this is how church ought to be, the place you don't want to leave. You just want to camp out Mm -hmm. because it's so good. And we thought, well, Lord, would there be a way that we could launch something? Because we feel like we know what people out there need. And so Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code was the, the hot seller in this store. And people started coming through asking me because they knew that I was a preacher, have you read the book? And I kept saying no, but when I do, I'll throw a discussion group because people want to know what I thought of it. So we threw this discussion group, Andrew and I, and 30 people turned up to it. Wow. On a discussion group on the book. On the book. Like a book club. We started a book club once a month and that was the first book. Wow. And and after the first night, people said, oh, this was great. You know, we're drinking coffee, uh, eating cake, talking about Jesus, and nobody's yelling at us. And that that <laughs> statement got me. And I thought... You mean nobody's yelling at us like the the guy behind the pulpit's not yelling at us? Or well, just yeah, they aren't we're allowed getting, to do it? They're allowed to say views that aren't necessarily Christian, uh-huh. because the Da Vinci's Code obviously right. wasn't a Christian book. And yet they have questions, legitimate questions, but... If they aren't able to answer them without someone coming back and saying, no, you're wrong, that's not what the Bible says, the Bible says this, kind of giving them a freedom to ask questions and get right. an answer without feeling stupid, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So th- that that book club turns into, give, give us the, the condensed version on how you went from a book club to Pillar Community Church. Well, the second week, we... Um, we threw it again because they wanted to to go through it again. They said, look, we didn't get through enough of the topics. Can we ha- do this again next month, the same book? And we said, sure. At that time, a lot of the Christians in the area had heard about it, and there was a group, a big group of Christians that came to the book club that night, and we say they hijacked it in a lot of ways where when mm-hmm. these people who weren't believers asked questions, um, the Christians really gave them a hard time yeah. because more they were afraid that they were going, yeah. that Christ's name was being defamed. And yet they didn't realize this wasn't a Christian group. It was just a group for people to legitimately yeah. ask questions. And I think that's where we both started thinking that when we started church, um, other than our core team being Christians, we want 
it to be a place where the non-believer or the seeker can come in, have a yeah. safe place to ask a question. We really had to train our core team to learn how to answer those questions without making them feel stupid, yeah. still staying true to the gospel, mm-hmm. and yet giving them a wide berth, so to yeah. speak. I'll never yeah. forget that night as people were literally getting yelled at by people, by Christians who had not read the book, that the people who were seeking would look at me and look at them. And then you see it kind of dawn on them that they realized we weren't together. And and afterwards, they came up and said, hey, man, this group didn't go anything like the last group. We actually felt like we wanted to know more about Jesus at the end of, of last week. But this week, this is the kind of stuff that's kept us from going to church. Oh, wow. And so we realized that night that there is a, a, a real danger sometimes when you get Christians who are afraid together with legitimate seekers, because uh, I believe that the Christians, our heart was in the right place. They were there because they really wanted right. to help these guys come to Christ. But we realized that sometimes they just, you almost need to create sometimes a, a, a safe place for non-believers to ask the questions. And so we yeah. started a very controversial rule, which was uh, no Christians allowed a pillar. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that basically started, um, it, A, it kept all the, the disgruntled people from other churches yeah. away. In fact, people would come and say, oh, I've come from this church. And I would always say, why'd you leave? That's a great church. Go back. Don't come here and <laughs> send them away. But what it meant was that um, the spirit just started working. Yeah. I mean, people just started really getting saved. People we don't we don't think would have probably ever come to faith, yeah. and we just saw amazing well, things. It's it still has such a beautiful uh, feel to it, full of like like you're saying, Andrea, really full of of people that are, are seekers and and people that are open open hearted to those mm. that are really looking for answers in life and mm. and when you got some guy you know that's full of tattoos and as loud as can be in his demeanor sitting mm. next to a guy mm. with a uh, you know a, a flannel not a flannel but a tweed blazer on and a, <laughs> and a a tie and just loving each other it just was it was remarkable for me to mm. be with you guys on your last sunday there yeah was, that's uh, right yeah that was a really right. really sweet uh uh um uh, moment for me and then we jumped on a plane and head back on the same plane i was just over uh, i should explain i was there for about a week in in uh, in the uk uh doing the presentation in several different churches but was so privileged to be on both ends the send off and hmm. the and then bringing you back and andrea you had said while we were talking before the the before we sat down to record this you were you were talking about one of the things that god really taught you about there why don't you talk about that for a little bit Really, for me, is intercessory prayer, and and I think really what that means is, um, you know, when you're out in the mission field too, and all your securities are pulled out from under you, yeah. and where you get bumps in the road, and normally we don't like bumps in the road, do we? We don't like rocks in our right. path when we're trying to go someplace, and for us out there, there were a few rocks, and and Lampeter was one of those rocks, where we just really had to learn to pray and to keep praying. And I think sometimes we think of intercessory prayer as praying until we get the answer we want. Yeah. But really, for me, it was praying until I get God's heart. Uh, and for me, particularly in, yeah. in a situation with um, a difficult person that we were dealing with in Lampeter, it was praying for that person until I began to see her as Christ saw her hmm. and no longer praying for the 
her to go away or the situation to stop, but to really start praying for her as Christ's daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that really changed me and my whole thought about prayer. I say I learned to pray in Lampeter, and I learned to to really start interceding. And I have to keep bringing myself back to that because you hit another bump in the road. You hit more trials in life, don't you? And and I think now it's, again, getting Christ's mind put into that situation rather than making the situation go away. Right. Well, one of the great voices on intercessory prayer was Reese Howell and, <laughs> and in his little book, uh, Intercessor, right? Yep. And yeah. the yep. Norman, Norman Grubb, I think, wrote that. Isn't mm-hmm. that right? About Reese Howell. Yeah. But you guys actually lived in a home yep. that was built on his property. That's right. Yeah. So That's right. And in, in the town where we planted Pillar, that was a place he used to say, God's going to do something great there mm. one day. And he did. And he, he is. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something else began over there, and we need to take probably the rest of our uh, our few minutes here talking about that, and and that's uh, new breed church planting, because you guys are back from that mission field, but I know that you are still very, very much missionaries yeah. at heart and with a, a real call upon your life that uh, I'm going to let you talk about that for a little bit. Go ahead. One of the great things that happened out there was once we planted Pillar, I mean, there really hadn't been a wave for a good uh, 20 to almost 30 years of church plants, and it just no one had the courage to do it. And so what happened was we um, found a, a whole generation, our last conference, we found a whole generation of young church planters, about 50 of them turn up. Steve Timmis, a guy who wrote Total Church, uh, came and spoke, and we could just see the future. Andrea took the girls, and she was basically talking to them, and you could just see the zeal. I think we're more excited that we've left the UK in good hands. Oh, um, yeah, you definitely have. Gen- generations are coming up that will be tr- planting churches, but New Breed is a, a church planting training uh, network. And by network, what I mean is if you join a church planting uh, organization or network, what it often means is that you get called once a month. What we actually do is help you on the ground and we mm. train you up. We run a series of conferences. Uh, we're running one here in Refuge. Yeah, give, give them the details on the time. Yeah, it's called Ready to Jump. It's Jump School One because church planning is a lot like jumping out of an airplane. It's scary, but it's exciting. And so what we're doing is we're running a conference, Jump School One. It'll be January 8th at Refuge Huntington Beach. Okay, pause there, Um, because this will broadcast after that. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) So So, we'll back up to... um, Okay, pause here, Rick, and I'm going to ask him a question about the conference. February 5th? Can I give February 5th? Tell him about... uh, Here we go again, Rick. Peyton, tell us about the the dates, the details on the the next... uh, um, next session of the of the conferences for new breed i know there's one that finished in january tell us about the next one the next jump school or the new breed conference we call them jump school the next one is going to be uh taking no man's land and that's going to be on february 5th okay and people can call how, how can they get the information they can, they can get a hold here? they can either call the church here or at refuge or they can look on www.newbreedcp.org okay and so that's where your heart is it's uh, a new breed planting churches where anywhere as far afield as god wants to throw them so us and uh and the uk 
if you're interested in going to the UK, talk to us. We can hook you up. But we've we've been to Spain recently. We've got uh-huh. invites to to four more countries, and we're looking in the next year or so to start fleshing that out. Who qualifies for these conferences? Anybody can come who has a heart for Jesus. And even if you're not a church planner, if you want to come, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in reaching this generation, then come on out. I think mm-hmm. that's a key is a heart for this generation. Yeah. Is we really want to see this generation raise up and minister to this generation yeah. as well. And by this generation, you mean? <laughs> I mean 18 and above. Okay. Because <laughs> it's so interesting at, 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 uh, at Pillar, you know, the blending of the generations and the races and the nationalities, yeah. ages. It was just, it was really, really beautiful to see. Yeah. And I really, I have a, a, a thought in my heart that the, that the, the future uh, the, the church of the future has many faces. It, it isn't all, you know, just the, you know, the churches with the really hip, cool, you know, young pastor with all the technology. And it's not just the house churches, mm-hmm. but I think in, in this Amen. age, God wants to do something Amen. great that's going to be multifaceted. Yep. And so, uh, well, we're excited that you're, you're back here. I know you're going away for a few months to do some writing. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. But mm-hmm. as, uh, as your brother, in Jesus, as your friend, as your pastor, I just want to tell you guys, I am so proud of the work that you did there and the people of God that you guys have become, the man and the woman of God that you guys have become, a wonderful parents too. Two more things. Say something in Welsh. All right. Let these people hear what the, the beautiful language sounds like. And which means? Please. Please. <laughs> which means thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, and now the last thing. Uh, Andrea, what's your what's your favorite drink at Starbucks? Oh, I'm not a big Starbucks person, oh, but no. my favorite one during the winter is eggnog latte. Yeah, absolutely. And Peyton, pumpkin spice latte. Oh man, could you get those in the UK? No. Welcome home. <laughs> well, everybody, I want you to please be praying for Peyton and Andrea and and Libby G, Liberty Grace, yeah. as uh, as God moves them into the next phase of their work here. Peyton is certainly going to be sharing the pulpit here at Refuge from time to time, and uh, Andrea is. Go- what are you going to be doing? What do you What do you feel like your your call is that that you're back here now? I know raising your daughter. I think that's that's the big one. Raise my daughter that's and huge. just being a part of new breed in church planting yeah, and seeing great. seeing the the young women really get an opportunity and uh, the whole mission field right on their doorstep as well. Yeah, amen. May God raise up more people just like you guys. And you guys have been fruitful so far. Can't wait to see what fruit comes from you next. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. Peyton, give us the the, the uh, address or the, the website for New Breed again. It's www.newbreedcp.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's New Breed CP USA. And finally, you can catch us on Facebook at New Breed Church Planting. All right. Well, grace and peace to you guys. Thanks for taking time out today to do this. And let's charge into the future and touch this generation for Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for sending us out and bringing us back. (laughs) Well, God bless you guys. Thank you. Amen. Have you ever had to prep a sermon and you just looked at your bookshelf and you didn't have enough of what you needed? Well, you don't have to do that. Go to Logos.com. Logos Bible Software has everything that you need at pretty much at your fingertips because you're literally typing stuff in. And with a click of a mouse button, you can open the entire C.H. Spurgeon Library. You can look up original languages, word studies. I mean, this thing is like the Lollapalooza 
of church planning information. You can have a little mini concert in your sermon prep right there. All the greats kind of gathered around and picking their brains and putting them into your sermon. And you want to check out LogosBibleSoftware.com. They'll actually make you look smarter than you actually are. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to our number one sponsor. They've been with us for years. I know them personally. Uh, the founder is Josh Henry. He is an ex-church planner. If you wonder why we have so much fun with SimplifyChurch.com's uh, ads, it's simply because we love these guys. We believe in them. I have used them. Gosh, as a church planner, I found them and have been using them for donkey's years. And if you don't know, that means a really long time. So head on over to SimplifyChurch.com. They're going to help you do all the stuff that you need to do, but nobody taught you to do in seminary. Things like bookkeeping, uh, payroll, um, you know, uh, dealing with the IRS, making sure you're compliant, sending end of year uh, donor receipts. If you haven't done that yet, tis the season. Uh, you have until the end of January to get those out to your people. So make sure you head on over to SimplifyChurch.com and let them simplify your church. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music